This is the Coffee Commune podcast, where the coffee community comes to collaborate, showcasing today another of our Coffee Commune members. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Coffee Commune podcast. My name is Rehan. I'm the general manager for International Coffee Traders, and I'll be speaking to Mark Starr, the general manager, managing director for Star Outdoors. Make sure to listen to the end of the episode where Mark's going to tell us a little bit about a free art and graphics service that he's got available for us. Mark, so great to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Oh, great to be here, Ray. Uh, this is a new experience for me. I'm looking forward to it. Is this your first podcast? Yeah, it is. It is. Very cool. Very exciting. We'll keep it really simple and really easy. Today, we really want to talk to you and get to know about you and your business. Can you tell us a little bit about just what your business does? Yeah, uh, Ray, um, Star Outdoor, we've been going for 15 years. And way back when, when we first started, we did, did pop-up marquees, particularly for schools and sports clubs, mm-hmm. and they just wanted their brand on the front of the school they were at, et cetera. And over time, the the uh, printing processes to do with uh, printing on fabric changed, and then we were able to add more and more products. And today we do multitude of products, especially for the coffee commune guys, we do umbrellas, wind barriers, A-frames, flags, even bent signs to go on the, on the wall to say that this brand of coffee's been sold here. It sounds like the whole thing snowballed out of just doing a couple of things for schools and things, and then you've added more and more products as you go along. Is yeah. that something that you had to learn along the way, or is that something that you did previously? Textiles has been in, in my blood since the days I was on the farm and I was a wool classer. So, a wool uh, classer? Yeah. And <laughs> What's that? It's someone after sheep's shorn, they take the fleece and they have to judge how many microns it is and the yield you're going to get for it and you okay. put it into separate bays for the wool to be then sold as different qualities. So every job I've had since then has had a component of textiles to it. So many of our things that we do now are printing on fabric. So as I say to people, it's the thread through my life has been textiles. So yeah, so that's where I come from. I really love that. I really love that. My dad used to do um, fabrics and textiles and manufacture them into school uniforms. And I remember as a 12-year-old having to like cut out patterns and things like that. So obviously fabrics is not just the only thing that you print on. I'm guessing you do plastics and other things as well. Yeah, we do. We um <laughs> Last year, we did a thousand sets of steak knives with their brand printed on the side of it. Thousand steak knives? <laughs> well, it's actually 6,000 steak knives because there's six in a box. A thousand sets. <laughs> Holy yeah. moly. So, you know, we can turn ourselves to anything. And I guess that comes from I've been traveling to uh, China since 1991. So I have a lot of resources there, a lot of people I know, et cetera. But as you might hear later in the podcast, that sort of could be changing in the future. Okay. So it sounds like then you do quite a variety of different things, whether it's signage or printing. What's the weirdest thing that you've seen or done? Is there something really memorable? No. Well, we've done things like you might see the uh, surf life saving events down the Gold Coast and you'll see that they have to swim out around buoys, et cetera. And out the back, there'll be boys that have the Gold Coast branding on them. So when the drones and choppers are taking their video, it shows off the <laughs> the Gold Coast. Well, we've done those. We've done the boys for those. I wouldn't expect to have advertising, so to speak, out, out on a floating buoy. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's what we've sort of chosen as a business to be our point of difference is we're all about branding. 
we come at everything from a branding point of view and how to make people look the best and achieve the feel and the look and to match their aspirations with their brand. So that's where we come from. So that sounds like a really odd item, so to speak. You know what I mean? How do you put a brand or a logo on a floating buoy? <laughs> well, <laughs> inside there's a obviously an airfield um, square cube and we wrap it in PVC on the outside that's been printed. And, you know, we have many customers that really are particular about their colours, so you've got to get it spot on before you start because it's no point having a the wrong colour boy yeah. sitting out the back, the marketing department doesn't sort of uh, enjoy that. It's a good way to make people upset. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So what would you say is your, like, the core of your business? What's the thing that you really specialize in? I guess, as I say, it's the branding. Any product that we brand on is at the better end of the products available in the marketplace. And the th thing about them is they've got to be easy to operate. Like, there's no point having some flash product that you can't, uh, it's difficult to get up, difficult to put down. It's difficult for staff to work with. Yeah. So everything we do is well-engineered and where possible we have spare parts available. So if a big gust of wind comes along and the umbrella takes off, has been known to happen and land in <laughs> through, go through the windscreen of a car in one instance, hit another guy in Adelaide in the face at an event, you know, you've got to have these spare parts for when those sorts of things happen. And that's another thing that we've sort of working hard on at the moment is trying to get people to understand it's wonderful to have these umbrellas up, but you need to make sure they're well secured because these days with litigation and things, and you just don't want to hurt anyone either. You don't want to hurt one of your customers. So you've got to make sure they're well anchored and don't take off. Is there a trick to anchoring umbrellas? Yeah, there is. I think the uh, first thing is the choice of the base. Our bases have two screws that tighten up onto a brake to hold the pole, where many in the marketplace only have one screw that goes straight onto the pole. Second thing is you need to have weights on that base plate. We had engineers do up the uh, how much weight you need to have on the base. And uh, for a three by three marquee, you need roughly about 50 kilos of weight. So that's a lot of weight. So, you know, some people just put a coffee bag with a bit of sand in on the on the plate. That's great until the wind comes. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of nervous moments, I guess, holding onto your umbrella when, when yeah, it might take off. Exactly. So from what I can tell, it seems like you do a lot of different mediums, whether it's signage, umbrellas, marquees. How big is your range? It seems to be never-ending. Every month we're adding something new. We do things like you might have seen at the football, there'll be a triangular foam-filled, what would you call it? We call it a Toblerone, sitting on the side of the, the football oval with the brand of, oh, yeah. you know, some sports drink or something on there. We do those. <laughs> we do big thing we're doing these days is media walls where uh, people – doing lots of Zooming and doing lots of presentations, et cetera. And, you know, we can do a really classy media wall that has your brand on it or it may even just have a streetscape or something on there. So you can sit in front of it or you can be at a trade show and talk about your product. Maybe a little off topic, but it seems like there's so much signage out there 
And like my job is to, to be very analytical. And sometimes I'll see stuff and go, that is a really, really dodgy sign. Someone's really not, not put a lot of thought or of attention into that. And it kind of gets lost in the noise of the world. Is there a trick to doing signage well and being noticed? Yeah, there definitely is. And I think it's really more about the less is more approach. And you've got to understand that your signage, especially the products that we do, work at different points in the customer's approach to your cafe. Imagine you have a cafe and you're driving along in a car. If you go through any town or shopping centre and you see an umbrella up, you immediately know there's going to be coffee there. You know, it's a clear signal that that's going to be coffee. But at that stage, your potential customer can't see your brand. So as they get closer, you need your brand to be bold and big on the top of the umbrella. So they go, oh, there's such and such brand. Let's pull over here and have a coffee. Then as you hop out of the car and you're walking along the the street, you then see the wind barriers and you might see, oh, yeah, here it is, that's the place. And they might have a Valance on the umbrella and they'll have a you know, something about our internationally renowned coffee or something written on there. So all of these things happen at different stages. And then you get to your A-frame and on there you might just have the brand of your coffee and some simple things about being served here. Or you might have a blackboard section where you can write in every day what the special is. So all of these things go towards getting your message across The trick is, though, you've got to keep it simple because people are looking at it from a distance. So don't put too much wording, too much graphics. Keep it nice and clean. Think about the the brands around the world that have been super, super successful. You know, the IBMs and the Coca-Colas and all those amazing companies. Their logos are so simple, Nike, et cetera. So you just get rid of all the fluff and just have your logo. Because what you want to do is you want people to remember, oh, yeah, that's those guys. And I think that's important too. There's another issue that we have in this industry is what does the cafe do? Do they promote the roaster's brand of coffee or do they promote themselves? So, you know, you need to figure out that because maybe it's a mixture. Maybe it's promoting the roaster's brand but also promoting your brand, because at the end of the day, when you go to sell your business, you don't get any money for the IP of the roaster. You get it for the IP that's the intellectual property that you've built up in your cafe. So, you know, you've got to think about these things. It's difficult because in the when you're first starting out, the roaster gifts a lot of this equipment to you. So it's and hard. branded with their, with their brand, yeah, with the and, roaster's and, brand, not their own. And... You know, it's hard to knock that back. And don't get me wrong, we love dealing with roasters because we get bulk orders rather than when we deal with a cafe, it's a couple of umbrellas and three or four wind barriers. So, yeah, you just got to be aware of that and see where you are in the process of your business and how you're setting it up. I think for cafe owners, often it's a convenience thing where, all right, well, a cafe owner does everything. They're the marketing person, they're the accountant, they are the service person. They do absolutely everything in the business. And so thinking about branding is almost a difficult exercise to come up with a brand and a logo. What's the best way for someone like that to to get help? Well, I think contacting us is a good start. The first thing we're going to bamboozle them with is we're going to say, 
we need your logos vectorized. And they'll go, oh, I know. <laughs> I know the difference between one coffee and another, but a vectorized logo, I don't know quite know what that is. But we can work our way through with them and say, okay, have you had some stationery printed or et cetera? So they'll have a logo. Vectorizing, all that means is as we blow it up big and bold, it doesn't pixelate. So our, we've got two graphic artists here in Australia in our office yep. who that can help them. And, yeah, and we can put together a mock-up and they can see how their logo looks. And we're, and in, in doing that, we use our expertise that we've gained over the last 15 years. So, you know, we're here to help. It sounds like a good opportunity then because why would a cafe promote someone else's brand when they can promote their own? Yeah, well, as I say, it's it's a dollars and cents situation. You know, sometimes when you're starting out, that extra few thousand dollars on branded product can't be afforded. But as you go through the life cycle of your business, you can start to think, okay, let's start to get our brand out there. So where are you guys based? Are you uh, in Brisbane? Yeah, we're in Brisbane at Salisbury. Mm -hmm. And all your printing is done here? No, it's not done here. What we do is we bring in our frames and then we have the uh, canopies and that printed offshore. And then we have two ways of doing it. We can either fly them in. For small orders, that's how we tend to do it. But then for large roaster orders, you know, sometimes they're half or a full container load of product, we bring them by sea. So obviously sea freight's a lot cheaper than uh, air freight. Just imagine if you were going overseas and flying first class versus uh, sitting on a freighter and <laughs> going to Hong Kong, it's going to be a lot lot cheaper. So, yeah, we can um, work with you to come up with the price point and the best way to do it for you. So what's the future look like for you guys? What's happening in the next sort of one to five years for a star outdoor? The first thing is we're looking to sort of onshore more of our production. You know, there's lots happening in the world at the moment. And, you know, it, it not only makes you a little bit nervous, but it also gives you the opportunity. I've, I found the COVID time, whilst seriously damaging for our business, gave me the opportunity to sit back and think about what I really wanted to do. And I've been a either a, a wool grower or, and uh, a manufacturer for most of my life. This is one of the first businesses that I've actually been an importer. And so I'm quite excited about exploring what's possible and what can be done here and what can't be done here. So that's really exciting. Then we've got a, another project that we've just sort of launched into with the help of Oz Industry. And we're looking at implementing a way that people can go onto our website and start to build their own products and pop their own logos onto them and graphics. And they can see it there in 3D and it'll spin around and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> so it's quite mind-blowing and, and I'm very excited about that. So, yeah. You're putting power back into the hands of your customers, I guess. Yeah, it's not only um, power. I think just imagine yourself if uh, you could do it two ways. You could give us your logos and we come up with a, uh, an outcome that you're kind of happy with and we produce a product and gets delivered to you and you go, yeah, that's great. Imagine if you came up with the design and put it all together and got us to make it and it turned up and you'd go, wow, look at that. I did that. Yeah, there's an, there's an achievement there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think the pride factor is going to be over the moon with that sort of thing. And it has benefits for us because, you know, 
sure, we'll have to take that artwork and make sure the logos are vectorized and they, you know, it all makes sense and come back and get a final sign off. But it takes some of the work off us and allows our customers to be creative. So how do you think people would feel about taking the time to design their own branding and everything themselves? When I do things online or have a play around with things on my sketchbook and stuff, you know, it takes something that's in your head and and makes it into something that's real. And I think, you know, that's very powerful. And the wow factor of that has got to be got to be amazing. So what's the best way for people to get in contact with you and to get in touch with Star Outdoor? Well, you know, the phone's there, one three hundred seven two one eight double seven, and ask for Mark, myself, or any of the team will be able to help. You can go on our website, and the website is staroutdoor.com.au. Fantastic. We'll link all the contact details in the show notes, and we'll keep them updated, or we'll, we'll make sure to have the updated ones. So for members of the Coffee Commune that want to get in touch with you, can you tell us a little bit about a service package that you've put together for them? Yeah, well, um, with the design component, we do that free, free of charge, so there's no extra cost there. If we need to new, use screens for the screen printing, we'll do those full of, free of charge for the Coffee Commune members. And, yeah, so we'll put our heart and soul into making sure their heart and soul is represented on the on the umbrellas and wind barriers, et cetera. That's so cool. I love that, Mark. I think, you know, in our business, we've sort of segregated our business into three and the segment that is food and beverage we call promote your passion. And we're really passionate about that. And that not only goes for coffee, it goes for, you know, the craft beer market, the wine market, the steak knives that we're doing, we're doing it for a, a guy that sells his Wagyu beef all around the world. And uh, the knives go with the Wagyu in the container sort of thing. So I'd love to have an image of that, you know, just in the show notes or something like that. Yeah, no, just, I can get you If you one. can get us an image, I'd love to see what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so the All food right. and beverage side is really about promoting people's passion, putting your stamp on it, putting I your think- mark on it. You can't get a more passionate group of people than people involved in the coffee industry. You ask them, is is their coffee the best? Of course it's the best. <laughs> it's like when you drive down the street and you can drive through 100 towns in Queensland and the best pie was made in this town, you know. <laughs> we have the best pies. It's like coffee people. We have the best coffee. And they're, they're so individualistic and so knowledgeable about where it all comes from and how to make it, et cetera. It's, it's very passionate. But I guess um, having the best product is nothing if no one knows about it, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and what disappoints me a lot, and I happened to see it just in Hastings Street at the weekend. I happened to be up on the sunny coast. And there's clients that have these amazing businesses and they set themselves up as being, you know, high quality and we do this and this happens. And then they buy cheap product to promote their, their their brand out the front. And I'm sure the clients, the customers see that and go, oh, that doesn't match what they're saying over here. So it really sets the first expectation of the brand, isn't it? Well, especially you haven't even been in the shop yet and you're already a bit disappointed. <laughs> so, you know, we're not saying you, you need to pay too much. You just need to be aware that there's, it's like cars, it's like anything. There's different quality settings and you need to match that to where you fit in the marketplace. 
That's a lovely thought for us to finish on, I think. Uh, thanks so much, Mark. It's been amazing, amazing talking to you. Yeah, thanks, Ray. It's, it's been wonderful. And hey, I wish all the, the Coffee Commune members all the greatest success because it's been a pretty tough time the last 18 months, but I think together we can uh, do some good things. Thanks so much, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Coffee Commune podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate this show wherever you're listening.